Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. So the difference in when you're growing a business, the difference between people who are scaling and not scaling is you guys have this hyper focus on culture and people, but also on optimizing the system. Everything is a system. Is it repeatable? Is it, is it a process? Can I delegate it down or optimize it in some way? That's kind of your mindset for the scaling piece of it. Is that right? We always think about how we can scale. For a long time, I joked saying scalability is my middle name because it's what I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about is, you know, you're not going to be able to hire a hundred people. So at some point, your, you know, the work that your people are doing is going to have to be in a place that can, can scale to really do the work of that many people. So then it comes down to what are those optimizations I need to make? Again, where, where can we shift things? We are in a constant state of change and that's okay. And I think that's also where mentally you have to get when you're growing a big business, you know, we need to rip off band-aids. We need to be changing. We need to be thinking strategically every single day about what we can do better or differently. Or again, what we don't need to do, what's not moving the needle. I think that's one of the things that really gets businesses and just people in general into trouble is saying, I'm doing the same thing because I always did it. We're in the business of saying, no, we don't want to do that. We really want to do um, what's actually going to move and propel the business forward, even if it means being in that constant state of change, which we've all known or kind of grown to enjoy, knowing that every day is going to be different. You're always going to have a new challenge and a new opportunity, truly. Most employees and most people don't like change. They want to come into work, do their thing. So how do you create a culture where optimizing it and this con the consistent like um, improvement always happens every single day? That's what, and, and I need you to unpack it so that our entrepreneurs who are newbies or yes. medium-sized business, let's say, you know, they're doing a million dollars in revenue, not yep. that level that you guys are at, right? How does somebody create that kind of culture when they only have, you know, one admin and maybe a couple salespeople? Yes. It all comes down to figuring out what your value, value proposition is, first and foremost. For yep. us, we were very focused on creating a culture, again, that nobody wants to leave, but that's really focused on the individual and caring about the whole person. So we launched recently Conscious Coaching, where we're talking to people about it really is so many different facets and layers of your life that forms the person who is going to be successful in a business. So for us, it's having culture tip the scale where if you're looking at, you know, money versus culture, money or money for us is going to be 49% and culture is going to be 51. We're right. always tipping the scale at culture. Um, but again, it comes down to really just being okay with disrupting yourself, being okay with knowing that things are going to change, but through change, there's opportunity through change, through there's growth. And I, as a person, am not going to be able to achieve more if I'm not consistently looking at how I can be better, how I can do something different. So when you're having those conversations every day, yeah. looking at, you know, how can we optimize? How can we grow? What's your next growth opportunity going to be doing? One of the things that we do that I really love in our organization is every person, our virtual professionals do this too. At the end of the day, they send a recap to their leader, yep. their five questions. What successes did you have? What struggles did you have? How did you, how did you overcome those struggles? 
um, on a scale of one to 10, what's your mindset? Be honest. If you had a really not so great day, tell us that because we want to work through it with you. And then the fifth question is either who's your replacement, which is the first time Adam asked me that. I think I was with the company like seven days and I was like, oh my gosh, are you, are you letting me go? Or what's your next growth opportunity? So again, by having that culture and that foundation of knowing everything is constantly in this sort of state of change, this state of optimization, it just makes us better. And I think it's really about having those conversations on a weekly basis so that we know that truly opportunity and growth comes from being able to disrupt yourself and know that you're going to be better at the end of it, I guess. Um, let's jump into that. Let's do a baseline. What can a virtual assistant do for a small to medium-sized business? And let's give real-life examples. Yeah, so truly it's anything that needs to be repeated, I think. Okay. So we have virtual professionals. Um, they've been with us. Our, our one has been, Carissa, she's amazing, has been with us for seven years. And she actually trained our now director of um, client care on listing management. Yes. So, so our virtual assistant yes. trained the physical in-house. Yes, listing manager. Person. Now our director of client care. And Caitlin's been with us. Her four-year anniversary is coming right up. Carissa actually trained her. So when Carissa right. started with our company, it was really just Hallie, who's Adam's chief of staff. Yes. Um, I, I think our controller, was, who at that point was more director of ops, was on board. But truly, Carissa came in as a listing manager. Um, she was doing a lot of the client care. She was doing, um, you know, scheduling photos. She was talking with couriers, whoever that might be. Again, anything that had to be scaled, anything that was a repeatable um, deliverable that we needed. So right. since then, we have had a lot of different virtual professionals. We've had them do a lot of different tasks. How we started scaling that is having the one person initially, who's our Carissa, learn yeah. how to do everything. Yep. Post on Facebook, send out MailChimp lasts, and um, do a lot of the client care, do client care touches. Caitlin often jokes with us too and said, Chris is better on the phone than I am, you know, and talking to clients. So <laughs> she's like, Carissa needs to do that. She's way more friendly and way more bubbly than I am. So yep. it truly came down to viewing our virtual professional, even if they're you know so far away, as an extension of our team, the same, you know, having that relationship be the same as somebody who's sitting next to me. Um, you know, inviting them to weekly meetings, getting on Zoom, having conversations about, again, how can we optimize? What can we be doing differently? What are you seeing that are some different changes that you could make that's going to improve workflow? So right. I think a lot of it comes down to including that person as they are um, truly someone who's sitting next to you because they're just as valuable in so many different areas. I mean, we love Carissa. We're bringing her to the U.S. next year, which we're so excited about to actually meet I'm her. I'm so person. excited. Um, you know, I was chatting with her mom last week on Facebook about their Christmas decor. Like, we, we love our virtual professionals. But anyway, to get back to your question, I would start with your not-to-do list. What's on your not-to-do list that you don't want to do anymore? That's when you actually need to hire a virtual professional who can help you. And by creating those things. You know, when I was thinking about hiring um, our marketing lead generation virtual professional. It was very much the regular Facebook boosting posts. It was running, you know, ads through Facebook. It was importing our sphere of influence lists into our database. Yep. Um, adding drip campaigns, sending out bulk texts to these leads. So anything, again, that happens on a daily basis, they do for us. Um, on the transaction side, you know, they're in our database um, consistently looking at numbers, pulling reports. Every day they send out scorecards. So every, you know, one of our 180 realtors knows exactly where they, they stand. Um, Why is that important? Why is that important? You need to know your numbers. 
again, you know, we are very granularly focused on, okay, if you said that you're going to commit to three pennings this month, we want to support you and get into those three pennings this month. So you need every single day to focus on that number three until you actually get there. So we're extremely transparent about numbers and data and how that actually gets you to your goals by just hyper-focusing on those things. But, you know, our virtual professionals now are really assigned to a team. So they will work with our teams from onboarding and any checklists that are tied to those, listing yep. management, transaction coordination, client care, marketing, events. They help with everything. Again, anything that's duplicatable, um, any kind of task that we do, we create a video really quickly on it and we pass the video along to say, this is how you do this. Let us know if you can think of any optimizations that you can make. Okay, hold on, hold on. So much there, I know. I can talk about yeah, too much and I don't want to I want to make the first point then we'll jump into this so your your perspective is if you can put it into a system or a process or if it's not on your not you know not to do list which I would probably reframe it if you're listening right now and you're a leader an entrepreneur a salesperson if it's not dollar revenue generating tasks delegate it down Yes. You know, if you're not getting revenue or hiring employees to get revenue, then, you know, the only other job that maybe you should be doing as a leader is allocating capital, which is deciding to spend money. Those are the three things. Everything else should be delegated down. And, and uh, you're, in your world, if it's in a system or a process, a virtual assistant can do it. Yes. It's anything truly. And I actually don't like personally the word word delegate. I prefer leverage because I think it speaks to opportunity. So, you know, some of our people um, have a hard time giving things up, which is natural. (laughs) And I think when you view it as I'm not giving this person this task because I'm too good for it. I'm giving this person this task because for them, it's an opportunity. It's something different that they're going to be doing. It's a way that they can contribute. It's a way that they can grow by learning how to do different things. Right. It really makes it so leverage feels like this is a growth opportunity for someone else on my team. Yeah. Um, and it allows, again, me to be freed up for things that are dollar producing. Consistently, we're looking at, okay, what activities can we be distributing to somebody else so that we can focus all of our time and energy and being purposeful and intentional um, with those dollar producing, you know, minutes that we have in our day. Well, okay. So I'm just going to play the devil's advocate because you're yeah. the COO of a really big business doing like literally you're in the top, top, I mean, there are 2 million real estate companies or people out there and you guys are in the top, I don't know, two. We're number four, number four. Number four, okay. You have time to spend 30 minutes a day when you first onboard somebody. Why, how is that even possible? It's about prioritization. So for me, I know that sometimes when I'm finding that leverage partner for me, that I need to slow down at, you know, slow down to speed up essentially. So I know that I need to make time in my calendar to ensure that the things that I'm passing off are going to be passed off in a way that I don't have to think about them again. And you so, don't get yeah. in trouble later. Like it doesn't exactly. come back to haunt you later. Exactly. Let's do it once. Let's do it right. And again, if you're really diligent with your hours. So I talked to a lot of our CEOs and partners and agents about how do you really maximize every hour of your day? If you're being hyper-focused when you're actually working and efficient with your time, there's plenty of time in your day. Adam always says, you know, time's not the cheat. Everybody has 24 hours in the day. So why do some people achieve so much and some people achieve so little? It's really about just making that time for what's important. And for me, it consistently is leverage. 
Because again, if there are tasks that I had been doing that I now have to pass over to a virtual professional, I want to make sure that they know how to do it. So boom, 30 minutes and never have to think about that task again. Yep. And that's often been my experience is you train people correctly once they have it recorded, they can go back to that resource and it's consistently then adding on layers and, and more things on top of that. You never have to go back and repeat yourself. And that's one of the things that's always most frustrating to me, you know, just in terms of training people is when you're like, Oh my gosh, I told you that two days ago. Do we really have to revisit this? And I've never had that with a virtual professional, which has been really cool. We call that compound leverage because once you've given a task away, you get that time back and you, you get to reinvest that time into the business building activities or yes. the dollar productive, productive activities. And you just, you can get more and more throughout your career back as you properly delegate. But most people just won't simply take the time. Yes. And once you get to the point too, where you might have a whole network of virtual you know, professionals working for your team. We actually have a lead um, virtual professional right now who's Carissa, and she now leads, trains, mentors, coaches, right. the rest of our virtual professionals. So that's again, was an opportunity for her. It also provided more leverage to everyone on our team previously who was leading our, our VPs, so. Well, and that what's beautiful about that is you've got your leverage leveraging and you've taught that person how to do it correctly. Yes. And, th and there you go, okay. Uh, the next kind of place that I think you can add value to the, to the audience is what systems need to be in place to properly leverage a virtual professional? And, and the, this is probably another area that people get lazy or they don't want to spend the money or they don't know. So yes. everything you can give them here would be valuable. So I would say the number one thing is do a brain dump and get really granular with that brain dump in terms of creating a checklist where for me, you know, there are many things that keep me up at night, but if yeah. I create a checklist or I just get things out of my head, out of my head, I feel so much better. So if I'm thinking about, okay, there are these things I want to leverage. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do a brain dump. I'm going to do a step-by-step-by-step. Um, and again, it doesn't take very long because if you're doing this already, you probably know it so well that you can talk about it, you know, all day long or you can write it down really quickly. So I do think the number one thing is having really good checklists because ideally any part of your business, you should be able to hand it over to somebody else and they should be able to follow whether your guidebook or your playbook, whatever that might be and figure it out. So for us, it's really documenting everything that we do. Right, really we gotta, I got to slow you down because there's two points here. Number one, the only thing that you have in a business that is valuable is your process and system yep. and your database. Yep. So if you have a documented process and system and a, a client base that keeps referring people back to you, then you have something to sell. If you don't have one of those, one or two of those things, you just don't have anything. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, this is a hard thing for people to understand. What, what, what are your thoughts around that? It's definitely so key. I mean, you have to figure out where your value is and where your business is coming from. And then you have to really focus on what matters. So the biggest thing for me is that we all spend a lot of time on things that don't move the needle and things that don't matter. So once you really can get real with yourself, and again, it comes back to ripping off the bandaid and being like, all right, we're okay with the change that's associated with this. You're going to be able to make those optimizations without ever feeling like you're too connected to a process or a similar model, whatever else. Um, I do think that a lot of it comes down to coming from a place of always being growth oriented, honestly, and having that culture, that cultural piece to the backbone of everything. Yeah. Uh, and that cultural piece will attract your database and your clients and all of those referrals. Um, 
but also I think your culture comes out in those checklists even in terms of what parts of those checklists or those processes actually matters and just right. being okay with letting things go that don't matter. I think that's a lot of it. I mean, it's simple. It's back to basic stuff. We're not, do honestly, we're not doing anything highly innovative. It's just that we're consistent. We're habitual people. We show up every day. We work as a team um, and we really organically from the ground up build our culture. Okay. So we've got checklists, do a brain dump, Yep. record a video, yep. meet with them every single day. Yes. Um, one thing that's unique about, well, not unique, you and I have a similar business. You know, we have 1,200 virtual professionals and they're all work remotely. So they're yes. in different locations. So everything for us is virtual. We're on a, a Zoom call right now. Yes. How are you guys organized with your 20 different, you know, independent, you know, offices yep. and, and your virtual professionals who are not even in country? Like, how do you organize communication and, and meetings and all that? Like, let's go yes. through that. So oftentimes with our virtual professionals, they send kind of a hit list for the day in the morning to say, this is what I'm going to be working on. So we know exactly. Um, one of the things that is, a, I would say, a core value on the administrative side of our business um, is that we don't micromanage. We don't look over people's shoulders. We hire accountable people so that we never have to feel like we're micromanaging or that we're ever checking up on someone or whatever else. So typically, even with some of our people, you know, in staff here, we all have them say, right, this is my hit list. This is my prioritization list for the day. This is what I want to achieve. And then at the end of the day, it's the same thing. This is what I achieved. This is what I might need help with. This is where I might need a little bit more training. We also use Slack. I mean, just to instant message during the day. We'll pop on Zoom when we need to. Um, we have all of our checklists built out in Brevity. Some of our teams will use, you know, Trello for collaboration. We use Airtable where we have all of our passwords and all of our data and everything in one place that we can achieve. Um, but we also consistently, and this is the cool part, we include our VPs and all of our teams across the country so much in Facebook groups. Um, we come together for all company meetings where we're consistently really talking about um, a new initiatives, new focuses, things that are changing or we're optimizing. We also, I was telling you before, um, we do a lot of contests and programs where we did a weight loss challenge at the end of the year for four months. And one of our virtual professionals said, hey, I want to do this. We do yeah. book clubs, which some of them will join as well, where we do masterminds and discussions around those book clubs. So everyone in our organization, and I don't care where you are, has the same opportunities to buy into our culture, to participate in our culture. Um, we do have a culture of accountability too. So if we're talking about, all right, I'm struggling with getting in my 30 minutes of exercise every day, you know, as part of the, our hurt health challenge, you have a whole group of people who are going to, you know, wrap their arms around you and support you in that. And I think our virtual, virtual professionals really feel that too, because they are part and parcel of what we do and part of the team. It's yeah. again, basic, but they are part of our team and they contribute so much to us. So we consistently are looking at how can we help grow them? How can we help pour into them on the personal level, you know, financial level, fitness level, whatever it might be. Aaron, in your opinion, working with VPs for as long as you have, when should somebody consider hiring one for their business? So I would look really hard at your calendar first and foremost, because if your calendar is filled up with tasks that are solely tasks that aren't actually income producing yes. that's the time for you to hire because you need that leverage so that you know if you're in the office for eight hours how many of those hours are actually going to be focused on lead generation and lead conversion if that's, that's right. your one thing so yes. i think it's really about if you can by eliminating six hours of things on your calendar that don't matter by hiring a virtual professional and then use those six hours purposefully to go out there and generate more business 
you're going to pay for that leverage many, many, many times over. I love this. This has been amazing. So fun, I, right? <laughs> yeah. It, I, wildly enough, I'm so passionate about helping people grow and scale their business. And you obviously are too. I love the culture piece. Just want to thank you for your time. I know how valuable it is. I know you had to give something up to be here today. So I just want to thank you. Um, guys, um, we just need to appreciate and love on Aaron because this is this <laughs> really good. Thank you so much. No, I'm happy to be here and chat about it. I think that it's just something that's so compelling to talk about because we all need more leverage in our life, right? If we're ever going to grow, we need more leverage. And this is the place to start. There you go. All right, Aaron, thanks again. If you're listening and you haven't yet, grab a copy of the book. Again, I put my heart and soul in it. Aaron, I'm going to send you a copy. I'm going to send, send you me a copy. Shirt. I'm going to read it. I'm going to send you a shirt and a yeah, copy, okay? And if you're listening right now, we'd love to be able to serve you. We do an hour-long consultation where we kind of walk through everything Aaron and I have been talking about today, but we specifically tailor the conversation to your business, your place on that scale trajectory, and what you need in order to double your business. So um, do reach out. Our website is myoutdesk.com. And Aaron, again, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.